Okay, last call. Order now before I turn on the lights and you really see what's going on with yourself. So what about dollar bills? It's all my killers and my hundred dollar bills. Yo. Oh. That's pretty good, Dave. I'm not gonna lie. Told you. Just high. It's pretty decent. Um, what's going on, folk? How y'all doing? My name's Ken. I'm Dave. And uh, Nick will be on the way. Um, he's he's coming from a, a little late night spot. <laughs> Literally, I let him talk about that when he gets here. Um, but she listens to the Last Call podcast. Um, I mean, this is pretty much our, our last episode for the year. Um, the last last. The last last the call last, for the last, year. Absolutely. The last last call for the year. Um, appreciate everybody for you know that's been joining along for the ride for the entire year and for the seventy plus episodes from before. You know what I'm saying? We still here. And um as you'll see with some of this footage, we're we're only expanding and getting a little bit bigger getting a little bit bigger and a little bit brighter. <laughs> um I don't want to focus on that offset shit too much. Because I wasn't even planning on talking. I, I thought we just had a whole bunch of different shit that had happened. From my perspective, I feel like that was just something. I can't even remember what I was uh, trying to say. I mean, Chuck was trying to allude to, do you think that he knew better in, in what he was doing? And I was just saying no. No, he didn't know better. Oh, yeah, no. I mean, he's he's going blind off of his... Uh, oh yeah, I was blind I, off his laurels. Right. <laughs> he I, I, he I, yeah. up. I said no because, um, like, if you look at if you were to like graph out the path from him making that decision to actually making it happen, like I felt like there was no nose in that in that path. <laughs> so he just kind of quickly went from hey I want to do this to getting it done. Everybody seemed to be kind of complicit to it from the people from Rolling Out Loud actually like helping set up in the middle of her set like. Thinking that that was a good idea, or like being that fearful of saying no to Offset, like so, like you leveraged her set versus your coolness with an artist or whatever that already performed. It just was a bad look. I didn't even like. I quit here. I what, what saw. Would, I saw it on the time. What were they were supposed to say? But they were supposed to say no in that situation. Right. You know? Exactly. Or like she's performing. She has a yeah. set at Rolling Loud. Like she should be. This is not the time yeah. and place for this. She should be. And even so, like, what are the off chances that she knew about it? Yeah, it's, it's all publicity for his album that's coming out soon. Is is that crazy? Because I don't think it's crazy. It's not far fetched. I mean, for her, for them to have that whole elaborate set, please take me back type shit, and she knew nothing about this, but her whole entire team knew, and her publicist knew, and everybody, <laughs> everybody. on stage knew, and the dude with the microphone said, "Oh, bringing that upset," and she didn't know about it. It's a little crazy. I just think that uh, if that's true, that's even scary as to how lofty the ideals of like the sanctity of a of, Marriage, of a relationship, relationship is like if you if you would literally like put it on for drama and never say it's drama like yes we realized they could probably get a television show or something probably she I w- came from a television show i was right she'd go back <laughs> you know what i'm saying but the bag would be like jesus way heavier but um jesus if you if you really just like kind of look at the type of things that people are trying to say about this whole situation, it's it's like polarizing because it's a lot of not a significant amount. I'm not gonna say a majority, but a significant amount of men don't understand that that shit was wrong. This is what I want to get to. And like, was, like what? 
I can't even would you can you imagine ever pulling up to your girl's job with some shit you done did outside the job and brought it to the job in front of the rest of her coworkers who are you know, probably white. But let's just say they're not. They're not a part of your relationship. And so now you're embarrassing her and you're putting your business See, out in front of her. The only difference in between like that situation that you just posed yeah. and the situation that actually happened is that everybody was Everybody like, yeah, knew yeah. about it. Okay. But at <laughs> everybody knew about but it. But still, but still, even if just from the bare minimum of you just don't bring that shit to your girl. I mean it's very selfish of you to think that like whatever you gotta say forcing her to make a decision when you fucked up right the 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 idea that you would forego the her autonomy to <laughs> her agency of wanting to make the decision of wanting to see you and definitely not pulling up at her job like at her crib i've done that yes absolutely but like and also with respect to not like super late at night like but on the job tip like i just don't you're That's putting, how I saw it. That's you're, how I saw you're, it. You're putting her in a, a position where you're jeopardizing her professionalism, <coughs> and it's jeopardized in front of all her colleagues, all her peers, where she probably has worked hard to maintain some she form. Looks crazy, right? You know what I'm saying? It, it it looks really bad. And I actually thought about it, and and not to compare situations, but like when um, Issa ran up on. Um, on Lawrence at his job, you know, trying to make up with him and try to get him back, and he was like, "Yeah, same thing. That was fucked up. You don't do that. You shit. can't do it. It's, it's, just, it's not a good look. Really, it's not I, a good look." I remember look. saying, "Like, oh, his job. Like, are you? How? That's I mean, but like, but at, at the same time, right? And and trying to play devil's advocate, like, uh, at that point, you known you fucked up." Right, you know that she knows you fucked up, and y'all two are not the only one that knows about it. And at the same time, at the same respect, like I understand where Mans is coming from, where he wants to get his wife back because he realized how crazy he looks, mm-hmm. right, in public, and he's made her look crazy in public. So, I mean, you have two options: you either walk away, step away, or you go hard to try and get your wife back because if you just listen to the general public everybody's like offset go get your wife back man go ahead go do your thing like do whatever you have to do gravel and to to his eyes he fucked up in public so he wanted to grovel in public right okay i mean i understand the logic behind it you know and i'm saying um but there's a time and place for everything hove didn't grovel in public never and for and for beyonce he groveled in private and then dropped 444 after she never, dropped lemonade and they both made a bag off he, shit. You he mean? would never think about like pulling up to her performance that he wasn't scheduled to perform at. I just, you know, whatever. We can move on something. Right. Yeah. Does um, age play a factor in that? Does age play it? I think maturity plays a factor in it. I mean, how old is she? She's 25, I think. No, she's like 27. He's 26. Okay. He, he just turned 26, huh? Yeah. 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 So I think maturity in life plays oh, a factor in the people the people he has in his circle, like letting him know, bro, you probably shouldn't do this and this is the way to do it. Like he probably doesn't have that old head in his ear telling him this is how you go about it, little bro. You know what I'm saying? And he just went off impulse. Um Dave, I know we're and like I said, we're cheers into the new year. Um and we, we kinda talked about it off air and, and a few people in the circle know, but I mean you've pretty much made a conscious decision to stop drinking, yes? Oh yeah, I'm just in the bar chilling. Hey, like just... hand me my club soda with my lime in it. You did <laughs> little spritz. Yeah. Um, what like when when did this conscious decision come about? Because I know it's something that I know 
personally that I know people that had tried to go back and forth with, you know, cutting out little vices in their life, whether it be smoking, whether it be drinking, whether it be just procrastination and bad, uh, bad shit that goes on on a daily basis. But like what, what made you come to the conscious decision that you weren't going to drink no more? I mean, and not that I was like scheduled on talking on this. <laughs> no, we weren't, but. Uh, publicly but just the um <laughs> thanks Ken. no doubt um, but for me i think it was just because i i had just been i drank so much in my life probably i've drank enough in my lifetime for like three other like smaller child's lifetimes you know so like i've i've lived the life of like you know liquor the liquor culture and you know, i currently work in liquor so it's like it's always around um and that's probably one of the main things that was the catalyst. I've always said, you know, to like maybe like to myself or like well, whoever, like, oh, you know, like I would like to just be able to separate from drinking like permanently. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I just did. Like I went to a festival with my lady and I got really smacked on Saturday. And then on Sunday morning after like not really sleeping, uh, Chuck called I text Chuck like Yo Is it a run today And he was like Yeah Come out Come out I was like Alright What time Boom So like Mind you Like I just I trashed myself The day before Like I had Minimal sleep I stopped drinking early It was like 9 Probably 9.30 The last time I like Really stopped drinking So I got a chance To get through The whole night And water it up And I had mad food So like you know but At the same time you, you still put your body Through that like <laughs> trial you know what I'm saying that Thunderdome Terradome or whatever <laughs> and um, I just you know, it's a constant just constant cycle of doing that um, like oh yeah not drinking for a little bit during the week and then going right back at it on the weekend and you know I just wanted to see what life would be like without it I didn't think that it really had added anything to my life hadn't added hadn't really it hasn't really added any friends um or any opportunities. Any real value. Probably has done the exact opposite to that, um, to juxtapose. But, you know, I'm just, I'm better. I feel great, you know. Have you replaced it or taken that energy and put it I mean, somewhere else? Like you said, just spread it back out. Or? I just spread it back out towards life. I was already running and drinking. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? Like that, we, you know, I was still drinking and trying just, and low key running made me drink less. I will say that. And that probably, low-key has been like a slow taper off this entire year. I've had a couple times this year I've been like three sheets to the wind and I just like, I could do something better with that time. And I already have a lot to do, like all the time and a lot to accomplish. So it's like, like I said, I'm only in my own way. I felt like uh, I have had certain gifts and I couldn't, because I had certain gifts and people don't on the general basis. Like, right. It's like, Oh, you can't just do what they do. You can't just like be out here getting smacked all the time. Like you gotta there's a lot more time that you need to be investing in yourself so you can actually like realize your like destiny and stuff like that. So for me, you know, it was pretty much an easy decision when it was like, Oh, what has it done for you? <laughs> right. I mean I mean the the reason why I asked and I'm I'm, I'm I appreciate you sharing that you know what I'm saying on the mic because I think it's it's a it's a really big message and I've you know sat back I've, I mean like I said this isn't new to any of us but I've just sat back like a, a like a, a proud big bro of watching you take that task on and yeah because when you met me I was I it wasn't even no borderline I was an alcoholic 
I mean, like I said, so. I, and that's the other thing. That's probably the other thing that I didn't really, I wasn't going to get into. But I mean, might as well bring some better context to like what Ken's saying is just that, like I have um, struggled with alcoholism like since like nineteen, like off and on, and I usually use it like to cope or whatever you know whatever it may be. And so like for me, a lot of times I was drinking when I was younger, like because I was like escaping or like trying to you know get through and then you turn that energy into just partying and then it just became fun and then you know sometimes when it when it comes when it becomes fun it's just like that's kind of euphoric and that's kind of bad it gets because that can get obsessive it's a gift and a curse because it it can become compulsory you know like or compulsive so like you have to just kind of like for me or i had to like really look at it and be like okay I've dealt with it. Like, let's not keep like kidding ourselves. Like, I probably should just like stop. Probably should just stop. And you know, one of the best decisions I've ever made. And I think that that's not uh, that's not an uncommon feeling. I'm sure there's a lot of people that um, come to some sort of grips with whatever vice that they're dealing with, whatever it may be, and they have a point of realization that um, it's like, I've, I've come to grips with it, I've acknowledged it, and it's like, at what point do I do something about it? And some will take that next step and do something about it and maybe fall back into it, be, maybe like not as harsh, or, or you know, they, they'll, uh, they won't go as hard with their vice as whatever possible. But I mean, I, I know, so like working in the liquor industry as well, <laughs> right? I'm aware, I see on a daily basis. It's not impossible. It's not impossible. It's not. It's and not. The, and the, 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 the fact that I, I've had so much access to it, like there's always liquor in my house. There's always, I give liquor to my girl, give it to her parents. <laughs> like, right. Hey, like, I don't do anything. Give it to my friends and my and my roommates. Let them sop it up. You know what I'm saying? And I I think just that access kind of like made it easier to stop. Because mm-hmm. if you got access to it, then you think about it. You're like, it made me feel stupid. Once I had access to it and it was like, oh, I'm always at some point in contact with product. Then like, anytime I had to buy liquor, I would be like, I'd like, why the hell am I buying liquor? Like, then. You just stop because it's like, well, shit, I can drink over here and right. for free or for a very discounted rate. Like, why would I do this? <laughs> exactly. And then it's like after a while, because you need to function on more at a at a high level. So you're like, well, why am I pregaming to go to something where I got to talk to people at? Or So like you just slowly by slowly, like just chip away different like layers of why. And once you run out of reasons, then it's like, well, why drink? I'm here. I'm here for it. I mean, like I said, working in the liquor industry, it's I I've been taking because like around this time of year, I mean, as you know, just from putting on events from October, November, December, right? It's every night. It literally could be every night, every other night, and like the access to it is overwhelming. And it's like at at some point, I mean, it it is a toxin, so it it will have toxic effects on your body. So like the January, February, March, I take off from drinking. Like that's just a must. I've done it for the past three years. I'll do it again this year. Um, and then you know after that I'll get back into my regular routine but my regular routine isn't like going overboard it's being conscious of my decision it's like at 30 some odd years of, of being on this planet how I've I started calculating the other day I was like damn I've been drinking for about eh, 10 plus years of that you know what I'm saying because even when I was I mean, I, 
No, because to be honest, like I was. So listen, I did not drink in high school, like at all, barely. I didn't drink in high school, and even when we went to college, I wasn't getting super wrecked or drinking like that because uh, I, I didn't have too many people had access to liquor. It was O, right? O was the one that would go out and, and get the bottles, but we'd get one bottle for six dudes. Like, we wasn't on some OD crazy stuff. Yeah, like, I was... So, I, and I want to say, like, the effectiveness of those ads, I'll say what it was, it was, like, in when I was, like, 7 to 12 watching Saturday morning cartoons, and you just see, like... Yeah, the drunken dudes like don't be this guy. I, I, yo, there was a time until I was at least maybe 16, 17, where I thought every time you drank, you threw up. Like that's just what happened. Didn't matter if you had one cup or if you had fifteen. I was like, I don't want to throw up. Like it's trash throwing up. I, I had it's a crazy feeling. Oh, you have a headache. Oh, you look dumb in front of all your friends. I don't want to do that. You know what I'm saying. So those ads were very effective. I want to say shout out to like. Uh, Philip Morris and, 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 and they would put together those smoking ads and, and those like drink to turn ads. But like I said, I didn't I didn't really drink that much. So like I would say about twelve years <laughs> say that. Twelve years of drinking. But like yes, yes, yes. if you think about that over like a span of time, like it's a lot. It's a lot. You know what I'm saying? So you have to take care of yourself and take care of your body. Um uh, I also want to get into um before uh, Nick comes in, because I, I wanted to save a topic for uh, one of uh, the guests that we had at the beginning of the year, the top of the year, um, and it's one of his good friends. So, but I want I want to save that topic for um, when we when he gets here and should be here any minute. Um, I want to talk about reciprocating energy. Uh, I've 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 tried and like failed, um, but like my goal for 2019 is to like. I I only want to fuck with people that fuck with me, if that makes any sense. You know what I'm saying I I only want to reciprocate energy. I've I've been in situations um, where it might be personal relationships um, with um, friends with uh, significant others where like I've found myself going like where you're supposed to be a fifty fifty bond in a relationship, right? Doesn't matter friendship, uh, you know, significant other, whatever it is. I found myself like going and extending myself over that fifty percent because I feel I felt like I was at a point where um, I was fine doing it. You know what I'm saying I was just fine doing it because I it, it was I wanted to have the attachment of that person or that friendship or like it meant that much to me where I would go overboard and I'm not talking about. Like, 55 60 i'm talking about going like 75 80 you know what i'm saying and not realizing that the making yourself accessible that much and putting yourself out there that people will not i don't want to say take advantage of it but they'll take it for granted they'll take it for granted and some will take advantage of it too um but more so take it for granted and I've caught myself doing it, and I, I caught myself doing it uh, a, a little while ago, and it was like a, a lightning bolt in my head. It's like, God damn it, Kenny, you, you fuck, you're doing it again, and it's like I'm, I'm over that shit. Is that crazy? Like, have have y'all? I know I, I can't be the only one going through this. 2019 is the year of cutting off all the bullshit. Yeah, I mean, it, it no, no time for bullshit in 2019. No time, no explaining yourself. Right. Um, no overextending. I know, Ty. Like, you you probably go through it in 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 your world too. Every day. Yeah. Every day, somebody 
something um you know i'll i I could do you know you could do something nine times in a row and on that 10th one you're the funny person but you know what i mean and we all see those type of memes but you know the shit is real like i'll be somebody's like oh i forgot this oh i need this or i need that like if i were to be the asshole and be like well I'm an entrepreneur. I char- I use my time to make money. Like right. I don't. I'm not. You know what I'm saying. So at the end of the day, some people don't realize that all of those little tiny, tiny little favors add up to two hours, add up to three hours, and then when you look back at your finances or you're looking back at your goals or you're looking back at your results, you gotta. You know, my pops always told me, um, where you spend your time is where you get your results. You know what I mean? So. Trendy. Sometimes, you know, you look back at your results and you got to go back and look at where where you put in your time. And some people don't realize that just giving your time is a gift. Mm. Just that. I'm here. That's a fact. That's it. Simple. That's a fact. You know, people don't see it that way because it's like when you say you extend yourself, it becomes um, expected. It becomes like, and then when you happen to want to grow or quote unquote change, I like to use the word grow. Some people say you change. I like to say I'm growing. Because I'm t- stopping shit that I, you know, wasn't, you know, so. But yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, I mean I, and but don't get me wrong. Like, I'm all for support. I, I like, I guess it, it's difficult for me when I, when I see, like, the, the love and the care that I have for people and, like, the support that I'll show somebody and I'll be there for them and no matter what the circumstance and the situation is. And then when I f- feel like I'm not getting that same type of energy reciprocated, you know what I'm saying sometimes like it'll it'll come out of me and I'll and, and like I'll respond and like you said in a way where it's like it sounds like you acting funny to somebody now or it's not I'm, I'm not acting funny I'm just returning the same energy you know what I'm saying or I mean I'm not even gonna lie there's sometimes I'll just bury it I'll keep it buried inside I'll remember it it'll be stuck there like I'll, I'll it'll be hard for me to look at somebody in the face the same way and uh and and, and treat them in the same manner but out of, I'll still be that. I don't. I'll still hold that person down to an extent, right? But now it's like my my being courteous. My exactly. I'm being courteous, but my it's limited. It's limited. You know what I'm saying? Um, but yeah, I mean that's just something I've just been I've been grappling with for like the past couple 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 weeks, couple months, and um, it's just I'm I'm. That's that's like my one thing going into 2019 that I'm just like I have to take care of. So I have to hold this down and I have to take care of this. for not just for myself but for my own sanctity, for my own projects that I'm working on that I take time away from for the energy that I give to these people and the time that I give to these people. It's like it's like you said, your energy and your time is worth. Already, you know what I'm saying it's it's it's, it's worth all the money already. So oh, the, oh did the bell ring? Ring a ding ding. Mm-hmm. All right, all right. Hold on, we got a new guest hopping in the building. Oh, you finally came and have a seat. Yes, sir. Oh yeah. So go ahead and tell us about your little sneaker rant. No, I was just saying it's stupid. <laughs> sneaker culture is officially stupid. You know why it's not? Wait, it's hold because- on, hold on. Let him. <laughs> it let is him stupid. Finish. If you have the money to buy the kicks you want, you can't even buy them because why? Was it? People got actual robots. <laughs> Buying the kicks before you can get your hands on them. Bots. Like today, it was the first time I ever, ever, ever in the history of mankind decided that I wanted to be one of those people to buy a pair of these off-whites, right? Hype beast. Yeah, one of the hype beast things that you love mm-hmm. so dearly. You super have them on your feet right now. Um, and, <laughs> you know, 
at 232, that was when you were available to, you were able to buy the kicks. I clicked the button. <laughs> it You saw the wheels spinning and loading, and then all of a sudden, two seconds later, it was like, oh, fully sold out. I'm like, how? How could it be fully sold out in under 15 seconds? <laughs> how? More like seven seconds. And then they have a raffle, a raffle, because these sneakers are so important to the well-being of 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 your future that they're going to have a raffle tomorrow as well. And then what's going to happen? And then what's going to happen is there's going to be a few people who got like 10 pairs of them because their friends work at Extra Butter or some dumb shit in the city and and then they're going to sell them for a 1000% markup. So they're going to sell these $170 kicks for a thousand bucks. So wait, 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 wait. So if you was in the position to be the friend who got the 10 pairs and be a reseller, you wouldn't do but it? See, I wouldn't be a reseller, no, because I feel like it's fucking dumb. That's like, that's basically being a monopoly, and that and that's the that's the fucked up part about monopolies. I mean, but you work for a monopoly. No, I don't work for a monopoly. What are you talking about? I work for a creative agency. But they're, they're creating, forget it, forget it. We're gonna go different. Stay on this thing. So America, what what Nick is trying to say is he just took his first L, trying to buy a pair of shoes. His first one. Dave, how many L's have you taken this year? Uh, none. You haven't taken no L's this year. No, I haven't tried for a couple things. I helped uh, help my girl get her um the UNC Virgils, the Jordan ones. Okay. And then I just started kind of copying little by little. All right. How did she buy those? <laughs> She no, it wasn't those. She got those through a raffle at Kith. It was the um the the Yeezy Wave Runners, the first ones. How did she get those? Um, we were on two computers and a <laughs> and two phones. Do you see what I'm saying? You can't just just press and refresh. You can't just wake up and say, "Hey, you know what? I want to buy my." Imagine if you're a parent, right? Imagine this: you're a non-tech savvy parent. That's not gonna happen for you. But listen, imagine you're a non-tech savvy, savvy parent. You hear your 15, 16 year old kid say, oh, "I really want these sneakers." You're like, "All right, I'm gonna get them for Christmas." You don't know anything about this fucking sneaker world, and you hear about the sneakers app. You go on to buy the kicks, and you're like, "Wait, I can't do it." No, this, they're this, all sold out. This wasn't for you. That's stupid. So who did these? Always, these wasn't for you. Did you hear what he just said? These wasn't, these wasn't for, you. for you. They weren't. I mean, but that's why they made. Who were they for? So listen. So that's why the. Uh, yay dropped the all white um, 350s and made a million pairs of them for people like the parents that you're talking about the Sesames made a million pairs for the people that you're talking about the Concord 11s that just came out the Jordans that everybody wanted if you wanted a pair you could have gotten one like they, there are exclusive shoes that they made enough pairs for the whole entire world to cop yes but they're also exclusives where they have these raffles nigga you live in New York the the drawing that he's talking about today were only available in people that lived in New York City and people that lived in Chicago. You be imagine if you lived in Kansas and you wanted those shoes. If I'm Kansas, imagine, I'm a farmer. Imagine if you lived. If in, I'm in Kansas, I'm a farmer. Imagine if you lived in Florida and you wanted those shoes. Imagine if you lived in, in Ohio where Dave used to live and you wanted those shoes. That that opportunity that you had today was not available to you. That's fucked up. And that's, so that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. That's why. Well. That shoe, what he got the the forces and the uh, the neon joints, yeah. That they just kind of like have released on the West Coast and through little little plugs and on the in Miami or whatever. But really, you only just tight because you didn't get it, right? And you realize <laughs> you realize you realize you entered your name into a raffle. Like it wasn't like you could buy the stuff today, right? No, it wasn't a for a raffle. It was for reserve. Yeah, the raffle. Reserve spot. No, no. There was the raffles tomorrow. Um, 
But even if I got it, still in the back of my mind, I'm still thinking this is fucking dumb. It's just consumerism, bro. And everything, and I think what Chuck was trying to allude to was that everything that you deal with is a proprietor of consumerism. Like, advertising, all that stuff is to get is to communicate product to people so that they can buy more. And however sneakers have evolved in a way, in the saturation and how many people are actually, how, how wide the market has gone and how much uh, companies have market cap, like how large their market cap is in these uh, sectors, especially in sneakers, it's just what it is. Like they, it they doesn't need, have to they be like need, this. You're right. You're right. But this is allocation creates value. And and, and what it I'm what, doesn't well, hold have on. to be like at, this. At, but it 100 that's just it's supply and demand. That's how it works. If there's a low supply, it's a higher demand. You want the shoe. If you don't get it, I'm, clearly you're gonna be mad about it. But you're not the only one that wants the shoe that's not gonna get it. But there will be people who will get the shoe, and it will have a higher. It will have a, the allocation creates a higher value on it. Everybody. That higher value that that allocation has made the off white brand. All right, everybody was able to get their hands on Jordans when Jordans would drop. Everybody. That's not true. That's not true. It's very true. That is 100% not true. People get beat up in, in, in the parking lot for their Jordans because, because they don't have they the money. Out. Because they don't have the no, money. No, 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 not because they, they couldn't no, get it. No, because the they couldn't sn- get it because it was allocated. You only had a certain amount of shoes and would, sizes. They would wake up and wait online and do their thing. Why and would they, they still wait had online? a great chance to get the sneaker. It's impossible to get the, even if you're on time. My guy. I could wake up at 7 in the morning and get online to get a pair of Jordans back in the day, 10 years ago. Today, I could be on my computer at the exact time. But here's the thing. With a millisecond to spare, okay. and I still wouldn't get, I wouldn't even have a but chance to get what Your point that you're arguing is your, the convenience isn't convenient enough for you. You could still go stand out in front of Kith. You can go stand in front of Extra Butter. You can go stand in front of a uh, 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 Stadium Goods and all these stores where the shoe will be available for you if you go and stand on that line. You just had the convenience of it being in the palm of your hand to be able to access it, and you didn't get it. They don't make it seem like you can wait online. They make it seem that if you don't get it through this app, they are fully booked and they are sold out before they even that's not hit true. stores. I, well, that's the that's the that's the thing about sneaker culture, right? If especially in New York, if you grew up in New York, you you're used to going into the sneaker store and buying sneakers. So a lot of people tend to forget, like, oh, I could walk in this store and buy this shoe. I don't have to wait or click a internet button. I can. Walk are you into even the able store. to still do that? Yes. Nah, I think you can still do that. I think you can you still do that. You can't do that. Have you ever done that? What? Walk into an extra butter and just say, I want to buy the all-whites. They don't have them available just to walk in and buy like that. They have mm-hmm. raffles. That's what I'm saying. They have raffles. like Right, because Duh. they don't want to cause the madness that would happen before with shoes. No, where, no, where, no, no, no. no, no. I'm going to tell you what it is. I'm going to no. tell you what it is. It's the fact that companies need to know that they're, they are in what they consider like uh, movements and culture those are literally just investments for them so they need to know that their ROI is actually gonna make sense and to how much money they put into this product think about the uh, think about the fear of God those shoes right like those shoes um, those shoes are something that they had made a whole new silhouette for him that's a huge investment they have to actually put tech and designers and payroll towards a shoe, like a shoe, a whole team who has to be dedicated into developing and innovating this product. So when you think about, uh, I mean, on one side of it, you have the seeding, and the seeding is saying, okay, this, the product being visible from these people is going to ensure that one of two things. One, that 
people will want to go buy it. People in the middle states will sell everything that they have from their from their malls that doesn't really have anything, but they can try to sell everything that they have to make sure and flip so they can get these shoes. And then what happens is it create a, it creates a a, a a need a demand in those markets. So then it's like a better reason for Nike Town to open a store in the middle of Iowa because now the internet is so big that Virgil can go to Iowa and everybody the line to be around the corner trying to get some a pair of shoes. So everything that you're mad about in it's not the that industry I'm mad about well, it. Well, well everything your all your issues with it is <laughs> is is a are what they feel like are the easiest ways to make sure that shoes are sold. Cuz right now I you know uh, I, the shoes are only going for like 700 something on the flip. Like mind you they're 160. No, no, no. The Fear of Gods. Are, oh, the Fear of Gods. Yeah, those are three fifty. Those are th- yeah, 375 They cost three seventy five retail. Yeah, yeah. and they're oh. going for like seven hundred. That's not even a good. That's not even a good flip. So like they're creating this hype and they're creating what I what I was calling earlier like flashbangs. So like just quick little high bright high intensity and then it goes away, and then that way they've made their money quick. Um, however it flips in the resale market is whatever it does it only just creates demand for more product they can do a case study on that see if people actually want a Fear God too you know so yeah. the, which they may already be planning based off of how but I mean you can tell they, they pulled out the strings from the 2k and all that type of they stuff all that did. stuff feeds into why you can't purchase those <laughs> shoes on the internet it's because there are kids smarter than you who have had t- more time who, who are younger than you and have yeah. more time than you to figure out like alright how do we how do we uh, how do we get this sneaker? Like, all right, bet bots become a thing. They everybody buy to bots. To me, that's why it's stupid. Cause it's like people go so fucking hard the st- for these sneakers that are to sell. To sell. The only thing I think is stupid is the 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 lack of financial opportunity in other in other areas, which causes people to find alternative routes to make higher income, even at a young age. Easy money. What's what's you know? I mean, nobody's even harmed in the making of that two three hundred dollars and that flip into whatever 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 else. Like at this point, people aren't really buying for preference. They're buying because these resale value hold high. either intrinsic or extrinsic if, value. If people are smart, if all right, if you're gonna choose to do the resale thing and make your bread, like if I had a son or if my little brother was like flipping and flipping and flipping and making a few a couple hundred thousand dollars a year doing resale, yo. Keep your hustle. Do your thing. But for the people like myself that just want a pair of shoes every now and then, it's not even worth it. I was literally at work. I was meeting up with Dave. And I'm at work at 2 something in the afternoon texting Ken. And I'm like, all right, yo, I'm refreshing this joint. Still not available. He's like, yo, you got to check on the dot. 232 on the dot. Every minute that passes, you got to keep it refreshing. I'm like, this is so fucking dumb. I just wasted th- 15 minutes of my life with no... I didn't gain yeah, anything but from if, it. But if you would have gotten the shoe... But I didn't. No, no. But you, you're saying that because you didn't. If yeah. you would have, would have been a waste of 15 minutes but, of your time. But, but I would have to do a case study to see how likely it is uh, no, to even... No, you wouldn't have. Yes, no, you no, wouldn't no, no, no. You would have walked me, away just fine saying, no, 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 I got no, no, the shoes no, no, that no. I wanted. What I'm saying is... No, no, no. Stop talking for a minute. Stop talking for a minute. It would have been all No, 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 no. What I'm saying is, what's the likelihood of that even happening? That's what I'm saying. Like, how likely is it for you to even... How many times do you have to be on that app and how many sneakers do you have to try to buy before you even get a pair? How likely is it for you to go on at two whatever, depending on the demand of the shoe, and actually get a pair of those shoes? Because I went on at the exact time and I didn't have a shot. 
I mean, you just didn't get it. I wouldn't say you didn't have a shot. I the Prestos that I got, I got the same exact way. And then I hit the raffle with the Prestos. I got an extra pair. The only pair of shoes I've ever resold. Grant, y'all see the shoes I've come out with this year. The only shoes I've resold is the Prestos because I got never lost. Everything. It's because it's a shame. I got two pairs, so I'm like, what do I need with two pairs? So I flipped one. But ever any other that any other pair I've got, I've worn for self, and it's not. I mean. Have I lost out on something? Yes. The shoes that Dave had last week on. I lost out on no twice. Took the L. See, that's why God blessed me. <laughs> I know I'm blessed. I know I'm blessed, man. Twice yeah. I took the L on that. But, I mean, it is what it is. It's you you going to win some, you're going to lose some. I mean, but to trash the whole entire game because you ain't get one shoe on <laughs> one release. Sounds, like, there's, 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 there's pretty, two more releases, Sounds man. pretty sour to me. <laughs> right. I'll just find sour it Sour grapes, bro. And you just really wanted to look cool. You didn't really. You didn't do really. Real, no, if I wanted to look cool, you didn't. Really, no, 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 no. You didn't do. You didn't do any real research on like. If how I wanted to, get the to shoes. look cool, I would buy a pair of Yeezys or some shit. Nope. No, you wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. You would just nope. buy the, the off whites that you were trying to buy. No, no, no. I wasn't trying to look cool. I, I like a pair like, of black Harlem's bro, with a white check. Bro, you know what I mean. I don't mean like you're literally like riding. I'm just saying like you knew that those are a good sneaker to like be a little. You wanted to push a stunt. Liked. He wanted to push a stunt button and. His whole plans. He probably had he was, pl- he was planning out outfits like yeah, I'm gonna wear it. Mind oh, you, I was, like, I'm gonna wear it. I was oh, definitely bringing them joints to Europe. Exactly. I was exactly. definitely bringing them joints exactly. to Europe. I mean, see, we get to the root of it. <laughs> I, I still have a chance. I still have a chance to get them tomorrow. We'll yeah, see. Like, he said like three more raffles that he's in, bro. Like, he said that shit. That shit cost me five women, man. <laughs> nah. If anybody gets, if anybody plans on getting women off sneakers, you're dumb. Like, you should be able to get sneakers with chancletas on. But you know, you but you know, you're gonna get. Kind Conversations with women. Conversation pieces. Not necessarily, yo. Some women honestly hate that shit too. I respect the women that hate that shit. I respect the woman who'd rather talk to me in a pair of vans and some chucks as opposed to say, oh my God, you got the all whites? Then I'm gonna look at you like, all right. Why are you so excited that I got my, a, a pair they're, of they're fucking popular. kicks? It's, it's literally the stupid. number one That's fashion brand in the world. It's not stupid. It's literally just, it's it's consumerism. Would you be mad at a girl for knowing McDonald's or Ford? Like, Off-White was the number one fashion brand. I would not date a girl that was excited that I got a pair of All-Whites if that was the conversation starter. Is your girl, is your, it, would, would a girl be more excited about, about, um, groceries from wherever around the corner or from like Whole Foods. Would she, what what do you think she would like? Depends on what she's about. If, if that's like saying, would a girl be more interested a, in an artisanal pizza or or fucking a super famous nigga, or artisanal would, sandwich or cat's you, deli? Would you be Would you be more interested in and in, in that, that's perfect. Would you be more interested in us in a and don't give me the like. Well, you know, whatever sandwiches from whatever place can probably give you some. No, I'm. That's saying, a like, great example because I don't eat Cat's Deli because I don't feel like the pastrami is even that good for twenty dollars. I'd had rather it? go. To, yes. Okay. I paid twenty dollars for a Cat's Deli sandwich, okay. and I've paid six dollars okay. for a little Jewish Deli sandwich in the Bronx. The Jewish Deli sandwich in the Bronx tastes so just like, as good. With so the you pi- like with the pickle? You with like, the pickle? You like All Saints and you like um, I brands do like, like All that. Saints. Why don't you just shop at Target? Mm. The quality at All Saints and Target are very different, and you know this as a designer. I'm just saying that's I'm, why. But I'm but I'm making a I'm making a unit. It's like Ralph point. Lauren, for instance. I spent money at Ralph Lauren the other day, right? Why? You're, because the quality is fucking good. So if somebody if somebody commended you for knowing about quality, no, that's a but problem? do you want to know what? The, the fucking off white. <laughs> do you want to know what? No, 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 no. Do you want to know what? That's that quality of his off white sneakers are not fucking good. You know how much it costs to make those fucking sneakers? Not a lot. You're talking about sustainability now. 
No, we're talking about quality. The you quality, said, I mean, they look pretty good. This but is, the quality, you know, how much did it cost to make those sneakers? Probably very cheap. Exactly. It doesn't. The cost of all goods are quite. No, that's cheaper. not necessarily true. Depending on what type of cotton you use, depending on a whole lot of shit. Nike doesn't. But have, I would say that would versus, that would, that would determine that would, that would determine a complete higher value. No yeah. manufacturer makes a good less than three hundred percent of the cost. In that thing, okay. if a if or we a could bring it to like Louis Vuitton, right? Okay. If you go to Louis Vuitton, you're not waiting. You don't have to enter a fucking raffle if you like. A pair of Louis Vuitton sneakers that cost, I don't know, eight hundred dollars or whatever it is. I don't wear Louis Vuitton sneakers. Not true. The Supreme Louis Vuittons. All right, see, so you're talking about hype <laughs> shit. If you walk into a, I just, if, you said Louis in, if you walk into Louis Vuitton, a regular standard Louis Vuitton store or a Gucci store, or anything like that, and you want a boot that costs twelve hundred dollars, you're not gonna have to say, "Ah, oh, man." I really but wish I could get my hands on But none of these shoes cost $1,200, bro. That's just a resale but value. What I'm trying to so, tell you, you is that if we're they, talking about quality. No, no, listen. If these cost $1,200, you'd be able to walk into a store and find them, That's too. That's what I'm saying. But they're not worth $1,200. People are flipping them for $1,200. They're worth it because of the hype, but not because of the quality. Mm. They're not built for $1,200. You go into Gucci, that shit is built for the price bro, point. Bro, it's to scale, bro. So the stuff that's really cheap to make, the stuff that's really cheap to buy is like incredibly cheap to make. But that's what I'm fucking saying to you, David. They're charging you 170 retail. People are flipping them for 700 something dollars, not because of the quality, but because of the fucking hype. So no, it's, it's not the hype. It's the supply and the demand of it. It's the hype There's of it a, to no, make it such no, as no, no, no. It's the supply. One and can the say, demand. but one can definitely say if we're going to be nuanced because I am in the field or I do do these things, is that the quality of off white stuff on standard is incredibly much better than like other stuff. Like in a regular Nike. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Why? Yeah. What? What? The, what the makes press. It the like, like, even for instance, for, I wish I, instance, I wish I had the press. And I hate to be right that now. guy. Well, yeah, because you would, bro. If you look at the, I wish, you, I wish you had like a pair of regular uptowns and a pair of the off. But that's what I would saying. love to see the that's difference. That's the point I'm saying is that I can tell you, a the insole in this shit insole, is like yeah. the insole is like rubber, bro. It's the, like one of the most comfortable shoes I've ever had. On top of that, the leather is different. Like it's just different. The laces are waxed and they come with silver tips on them. Like it's just different. But does it really cost that much more? I mean, yeah, you to make those. Bro, things? you gotta realize. Do you know? Are you like familiar with like um like like factory production? Like they kind of like business school kind of type shit. Like if no. you if you have to do a new thing, you have to build out the factory to do this new thing. You have to outfit and do all of that and pay more people to do that. So it. Everything about a new sneaker or a new design the is a new venture. Manufacturing cost goes high because they got to keep these machines running, so they don't have time to stop the normal Air Force One machine and make. But do they really have to do that much difference to make yeah. an off-white than a regular Air yeah. Force? They do it. It's, it's, a, a, it's a completely different both, material, bro. They, yeah, but I would assume couple, that they have such a, a well-oiled couple pairs. machine. He's done like five of them. There's a couple pairs like the Momas or the ones he had in uh, our Basil, the white. The same thing as the Momas, but in white. Those are a little easier. All they did was put an older tongue on them. And use the older model, but for the most part, all of his shoes are innovative. It takes it takes a different type, a different set, a different set of uh, of of ingredients of textiles. Right, I'm not to make as knowledgeable to know what goes into a the point I'm making is that the quality is that the quality is 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 that's his brand is quality. Like so. Yeah, the point I'm making is that people are going to appraise you, whether it be man or woman, for wearing better stuff because they either envy you, and then maybe that's another issue with but itself. But see, that's, a, that's, that, that's, a very, that's very subjective, quote-unquote, better. That's what I'm saying. Like, 
For instance, that's what I'm. That's why I go back to like the brands like Gucci no, and all those. No, better, better, better's not. Better's better's, better's pretty very subjective. subjective. No, better's pretty. No, it's not. Yeah, Dave, yeah. what are you talking about? Yeah, like what do you? What preference? Better is, is, is no, not very. Better is subjective. No, not. Yes, it is. When it comes to fashion, better is subjective. No. No. Are your shoes well, gonna make no. you run faster you just, than me? You just pivoted. Because, you just pivoted to a wider term of better. No, you well, said I, better. Better is very subjective. We're talking about quality. I'm talking about quality. Better is not subjective. Okay, when it comes to sneakers, better is subjective. When you're talking about a, a uptown, no, when you're talking about quality of sneakers, it is incredibly not subjective. <laughs> it, it's subjective because nobody, no, not quality, the, no quality is average absolute. person that walks up to you on the Bro, street quality, is going to know what material your uptown is made. It doesn't made. matter. If a tree falls in you the forest, You didn't say quality. You said better. Fell. Better is no, subjective because better talking means about better quality. to different people. No, we're talking about quality. No, we're not. We're talking about better. No, I'm talking about my whole point was okay, that. Okay, let me ask a question. When you say better is not subjective. I say better you, is subjective. You, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm my sorry. main, my thesis statement was that. Hold on. My thesis statement was that that quality is his brand. And then you said said well that that's that's a that's that's yeah, a better said, product yeah but you said that if somebody walks up to me on the street they're gonna enjoy me because i want something better i didn't and I'm say like, enjoy. compliment you i said indian compliments yeah but they'll, but they'll better they'll subjective applaud. because people might even think uh like just because it's a popular brand it's better that doesn't necessarily mean it's better because better can mean different things to different people better doesn't necessarily mean oh it's better because that material costs more or it's more rare than the material in that shoe Better might just mean, damn, that shit is dope because I don't have them. Or better might be, damn, it's better because I can't get my hands on them. Doesn't necessarily mean it's better. What does better mean to you? I mean, that's just more sought off, a little more sought after. When you say better, what makes a shoe better to you then? Just out of curiosity. I've never really thought about, like, if I'm, because I don't. I don't look at sneakers in that way. When I think of better, I think of other materials that I actually use. You know what I'm saying? Like, for instance, are, are things that I use like a better uh, mic or a better um, coach for acting or something like that. Like, so better doesn't apply to shoes at all is what you're saying. I don't know. Not for me personally. For other people, it might. Like, I don't. I just like what I like when it comes to sneakers. Like, I have a, an array of different types of sneakers. Very cheap, very expensive. You know what I'm saying? Like my most expensive sneakers, to me, they're better to me because they actually feel different. You know what I'm saying? So comfort is when it comes to better to you then. Comfort is better. Yes. Okay. Comfort could be better. Yes. Okay. Definitely. So the textiles in an off-white shoe, which makes them more comfortable. But nobody would. would that make, no, no, no. Would, no. That wasn't the I'm, argument. I'm, no, I mean it. It kind of was. It wasn't. What he was saying was that it's better. Nobody's gonna walk up to me and say the quality. No, it's is comfortable. In the textiles. The most, yo, the textiles new balances, are make it comfortable. New balances are fucking comfortable. Okay. It, nobody's gonna walk up to me and say, "Damn, you're super fucking comfortable." I'm attracted to you because you're wearing New Balance. I don't think anybody's gonna say I'm attracted to you because of whatever shoe you have on your feet. But that was the whole point. No, that's what he. Said. Was that quality? No, no, no. Quality is what's not what we're He said somebody's going to be more attracted to me. No, no, no. Past five minutes. He said somebody's going to be more attracted to me because I want a better no. shoe. He said somebody that's will rewind the tape. He said somebody might compliment you and say nice shoes. That's not attraction. He that's didn't compl- say compliment. He said somebody. He said I lost women. He was like, you lost about five women from not. I'm not was a, no that was a joke. But what I'm saying is that that don't. All right, forget it. <laughs> We've been arguing about sneakers. What my whole point is the shit is stupid. The fucking raffles are dumb. 
If you have the money till, to till buy he, the shoe, till he wins one, America. Nah, because that's like till that, he wins I don't one. do those. All right, I'm so when you win the raffle, you you sell the I shoe. I still then. think it's dumb. You'll sell the shoe then. No, I want to wear it. What? But then how is it dumb? <laughs> it's dumb because you, you can't, can't walk get into them. a store and get it. Exactly. So if you went into a raffle, how is it dumb? A raffle is literally what makes it randomized it's so that dumb. the random, the most, everybody could Today win. Today wasn't even a raffle. Today was about it bots. It wasn't. Exactly. And the only reason why if you were in a bot area is because you lived, you were just happened to be so privileged enough to live in New York City. Man, it's not a, it doesn't mean it's a privilege to it live is. in New York, Trust man. me. There's people in California, people in Florida, people in Ohio, people can, in Michigan. They can find their ways. No, 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 no. No, but he's in their ways. Saying it's a privilege because the sneakers are only that's released in, in New, New York, York and Chicago. Chicago. That's it. I get that part, but it's the still raffle stupid. for everybody in Chicago and in the sneaker culture. The fact that it's a thing is stupid to me. <laughs> it's stupid. There's other things to worry about, and people are really stressed. There are people. There's some people that really have their weeks ruined because they don't get some no, sneakers. That's just, why it's so fucking it's, dumb. It's just you, bro. It's, it's just I'm not, you, my week's not. My life is great. <laughs> my man. I just came from the Tonight Show because my man's was on the Tonight Show. I don't know. Can we talk about that? I was waiting for that. You know what I'm saying? Can Fuck we talk these sneakers. I just came from fucking Seth Meyers Tonight I mean, Show. You're still pretty salty about the sneakers. No, I'm salty because y'all niggas don't get it. Like, whatever. Oh, it's just not that big of a deal. You dig? He didn't. Salty because you get it. Copped. You know what I'm saying? Copped. Whole room full of heat right now. <laughs> Whatever. Zoom in on the boots. <laughs> hey man, I love my. No, nah, those just a fire. Zoom, right. Zoom in on my boots. Zoom in on my boots. Nah, you should have. You should have just got me because he was just with me. Like nigga, he was wearing boots two hours ago. <laughs> oh man. So yeah. So I was the Tonight Show with Seth Meyers. It was dope. That was my first time ever at a um a late night show. So how's that taping? Because I've always wondered how that how that works. So they like. They tell you shut up and applause and all that. Yeah, stuff. they 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 bring on a dude in the beginning to warm up the audience and they um should have had you bring Nana with you. I started to think about that unless he had something to do. Oh yeah, he's busy. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, they gave him a car service there, car service home. Um, yeah, they bring you in. Um, I mean, I went in as uh, as one of his guests, so we were in the green room beforehand. Um, a few of the producers come in and introduce themselves, and they ran over the questions with him. Um, so it's all prepped. It's all well. It doesn't necessarily have to be like they asked him if he wanted to see it beforehand or not, and then um, you know they they escort me and his other guests to the audience. Um, we wait for the show to start. They bring in a warm up guy to like kind of let us know how the show's gonna go. He tells a few jokes to get the audience like going. He was actually really funny, and then um, after that they bring on the guests. And when they go to commercial breaks, they take like thirty seconds to kind of tell you what's what's going on next like they might have to do promos or switch the setup and then seth myers came into the crowd answered questions um and then i saw him go to it was just crazy because i'm like damn son like i'm gonna watch this shit on tv tonight and i saw him like with the book showing the book off saying oh our next guest is nana kwame algebrunya and then he came out from the back like all the guests do but it just looks different actually being there than it's on that TV. small right it's not as small as i thought it would be um, it's each set is obviously different, but the late show with Seth Myers is not that small. It's like around the corner from where they shoot Saturday Night Live. Um, yeah, it was dope, man. It was cool to just see one of my boys do it. Mm-hmm. What happened? Are they in the Rainbow Room? Nah, it's set. It's eight G Studio Eight G or something like that. Yeah, it was dope. Yeah. Um, shout out to Nana, um, author of Friday Black, New York Times bestseller. Um, highest New York Times bestseller for short stories, first week, right? 
Am I getting that right? Something like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, great book. A lot of short stories. I I, I encourage you. Even if you walk inside a a bookstore, I mean, Barnes and Nobles are few and far in between nowadays. So I mean, I don't even know to be honest where you go out and find books. Um, I know in an airport you'll find it there. Um, I, I encourage you to read the first story, the Finkelstein, the Finkelstein Five. Um, it's seven to ten pages. Um, worthy read. I'm reading it like looking at it like it should be a screenplay i could absolutely see uh director oh, of uh, it's coming oh it's coming okay i'll shut up i'll just wait for it to come out um but it's like the second i read it and finished it i was like i could 100 percent see this on a big screen so um um shout out to dan we'll try to have him in um uh, beginning of 2000. oh yeah we'll definitely have him in, in 2019 2019 for sure Boom. um speaking of a guest that we had in the beginning of 2019 um nick um I know you, you're pretty close with Sam. Um, I wanted to talk let's, about this. Let's, uh, let's. You want to? I know he was caveat. Do that. That. You want to caveat? Um, that's how you use that word, right? Yeah, there's a caveat to that. Uh, uh, there's a, there is a caveat. Yeah, to yeah. That. So Sam and I are cool. Okay, but um, it's you know through another relationship. He's not. I'm not directly connected to right. Sam. But you're familiar with Sam. Yeah, yeah. associated with uh, Sam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand. I no. mean, you, but. Okay, so when we first were, I guess, kind of like doing uh, the show Sam is or whatever, a cool dude, by the way. I'm not, that's a caveat. <laughs> Cap. No, I'm just playing. But uh, when we were doing the show, like we were talking about guests or whatever, like there was more of a like, oh, uh, yeah, like, nah, nah, he's cool, he's cool, he's cool. Like, and yeah, like as a person, for sure, like super chill, super cool, like easy going. But then like as the year, and you can attest to this, as the year went, you could see him kind of a little bit kind of like, like step away like from like ah like cause he kept doing more like more shit and like and it's kind of some of the things that we were we were we and we had a like kind of a post show wrap up that we didn't do that we didn't put on air couldn't put it on like camera recorded like it was just like kind of like a really raw like um like follow up to that conversation we had with him and we came to a lot of conclusions about a lot of things so i mean let's fill in the blanks for some of the people that might not have heard the episode and i challenge you to go listen to the episode um that we had uh with sam white i will refer to him as sam white because that is his name um <laughs> no see, i mean no i'm no I'm, I'm, I'm see why you <laughs> i'm i'm just being keeping it a hundred sam white out on twitter Right it's at Sam Whiteout. At Sam Whiteout. At Sam and Whiteout. But his name is Sam White. Right. So he um, does not work for Out Magazine, nor is he the CEO of Out Magazine. I mean, we had a good conversation with Sam. <laughs> his name is just Sam Whiteout. Oh, there's another. <laughs> no, I'm saying that like you know sometimes they put like uh uh, uh Todd Boyd ESPN. Oh oh oh. Like they'll like and it's like oh like his name's Sam Whiteout. If his last name is White, then why where the Okay. So I mean, we had a we had a good conversation with Sam. I, I mean, I think Sam was a great guest. Yeah, uh, Sam was a great guest. We um, talked about a race. Yeah, things. we went through a, a whole uh, litany of things. I mean, one thing in as into how he got in. So Sam is a Kappa. A Kappa is a uh, traditionally uh, a black fraternity. Um, Sam is not black. So I mean, it was a curious notion to us on how he got involved with uh, a, a black fraternity, but also some of the. Um, allegiances that he's tied himself to uh being a white man in a uh, a black space right mm -hmm. i mean so it's not a choice that i know a lot of white people would do um so for him to take that on as like um i don't want to say as a pledge but as like a purpose 
right? I mean, it, it was interesting to see like where he was coming from and the motivation behind this, right? He said he was raised in a, 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 a family, Jewish home, a Jewish home that was very inclusive to you know other people's rights, even though he wasn't raised in a neighborhood that was. Mm-hmm. Even the, the school that he went to, it wasn't that inclusive, and that made him. It pushed him more towards. I guess the 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 people that were discriminated against in his eyes, and and he want made him want to align himself with them even more. Okay, yeah. cool. Um, so Sam had he caught some flack for an article that he'd written, um, for the African American, um, Harvard, uh, Harvard Review, I think, or the Harvard, Harvard Journal, Review, something, Harvard like Journal that. something like that. Yeah. Right. So I mean, a publication that where they uh, publish essays and, uh, on ideas and. Is it an all black publication? Uh, I mean, it's ran by the African American okay. department, so I would assume that you know. But you know how these things, which is a perfect point to a lot of these things. Like, um, I mean, continue because I no, have no, a, I have a way to kind of go about it. Yeah, but I mean, so you know, I I saw the caps of like what it was about in the first uh, paragraph and. And not to write anybody off without Mind doing you, can the I, work. Can I provide some context before you go yeah. on? So there were at least 15 to 17 different articles that were put together in this whole collection, mm-hmm. right? For this uh, for this last issue. I mean, that's what they do each issue is they put these different um, essays and articles from people, these, these pieces <laughs> from people. I'm just Googling right now. Um, I, I put in Sam Whiteout, Harvard, oh, yeah, Kennedy. One thing that the Griot wrote in opinion pieces, black men invited Sam Whiteout to the cookout and they're to blame for him taking up space. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. so, 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 like I said, let's, really made, let's provide really some context. I, I want, I want to provide some context because it's important. So, I mean, in those fifteen to seventeen, Wait, art- it was about it, what was it about? But his his specific, it I mean, was about wokeness. It was about the article but, was about wokeness. But it was about, I think it was about wokeness and him kind of defining what it mean to be woke and, um. Like whites existing in the space. I think he was he was criticizing people who profit off um off off being woke, uh, amongst some other things. And it was basically explaining to people what being woke meant. Could you be woke if you're not black? Right. And what it means to stand up for for um black civil rights okay. essentially. So I mean he caught a lot of flack for that. Yeah, because he was essentially explaining what it's like to be black. But it's coming from a white man, right. so um, obviously, especially in this this year, it just seems like a lot of people are just kind of standing their ground when it comes to like having authentic voices for certain things. I mean, the political climate alone has caused that, I'm sure. And um, I think Sam was probably a little surprised at the, um, the blowback, the blowback from the people that have built him to where because it's right. I mean, white people didn't build. Uh, Sam to his platform on on speaking on black topics, but it's the black people that supported him over the years right. um, that have has even given him this this the platform, platform yeah. to speak on. And Harvard thought it was a good idea, I guess, to get him right. to speak on this. I mean, in those articles, those seventeen articles, he was the, to my knowledge, he was the only person that he was the only black. person that wasn't black. And mind you, that it wasn't like one of the first, second, third, fourth, sixth, tenth. It was literally like the second to last, third to last article. He actually became famous, social media famous, from being a white cap and doing, I think, a shimmy and I think Nicole Bitchy or one of those, um, one of those takeout sites. Right. Reposted his video. That's how he became like where he's at now. Right. I mean, the the only question I have is, and more so, and it's not really catered around Sam. It's but it's more so towards what Sam's, I guess, his intended purpose. Right. Like. As 
black people like is there a space for white people to be uh, i don't want to say woke because that's like it's it's a it's, it's a phrase that has been dumbed down and, and I, I don't think i think it's lost its meaning it is there a space for white people well, to be aware of issues that regard well, african-americans I wanna, more prominently i want to read a, a excerpt from his piece and then explain why there's been a backlash so this is from sam's piece in the harvard kennedy Today, being woke and doing good have become part of pop culture and have certainly become a bit diluted in the process. Many of the grassroots activists who you might expect to wear their wokeness as a badge of honor now use the various terms less and less to avoid being associated with its satirical and cynical connotations. Specifically, wokeness has lost some of its connection to the black activism. However, as the link between wokeness and profit becomes more clear... We will face more and more attempts to capitalize off this trend without actually being woke or doing any good at all. Now, the problem that, that it wasn't even the problem when I read this, I kind of was like, profit. I was like, well, I mean, dude, it's kind of what you've you kind of been doing, been doing this. Right. Yeah. So you're writing, and maybe he's like not like, aware to the fact like, that people see like him the, doing this. It's just like the evolved form of that, like, kind of like self righteous, like, mindset that, like, because you're because you feel that you're doing good, you're kind of beyond a reprieve, and can speak on these things when really, it is you who like we should be like criticizing in a sense, you know. Yeah. And why is that? Because you like, what do you actually add to this space? It's not. And and in a lot of these times, it's like a lot of these situations. I feel like there's a especially with like white allies and advocates, and I think that they believe that if they just help us it would like make things better when it's and it that kind of supposes that it's on black people to like make things better like when it's really on like them and them occupying these spaces which is a, a bigger issue it's like them occupying these spaces like these are spaces that black people should be um taking taking up and and find comfort in the solace of just knowing that like you're in a room that is like you and there's no and there's no problem with having these spaces it's just a situation in which some things to just we just need to have our own spaces to to kind of deal with these things and not saying that white that white people shouldn't be helping and, and be allies but just like the situation in which um the the, the head historian of like hip hop music at uh Nemic down at the Smithsonian is a white person. They picked a white person for that job and there was a huge outcry on Twitter like before the last show that we had about that because it was like white people always taking up spaces. Like if you look at hip hop courses I mean but that that's a little bit of a different like that. That is a space that should be held by someone. Well, so like should the African American like. Journal. But I mean there were but listen there were 17 different pieces in the African American Journal. He yeah, was Ken, the, but he was a white dude speaking on wokeness. I understand that. So this is, and this is kind of where I'm going is like, can white people not speak on issues that affect directly affect black people? I think he could, but do you, the way he, I just read the excerpt, that kind of it, it, it almost seemed as if it was a black dude who wrote that article because he was talking about people that. Uh, use wokeness and 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 the uh, the movement to profit off of it, and how that's not cool. But in a sense, a lot of people think that he's done that. So it's kind of like I if you're gonna speak on it, 
you're going to have to choose which angle very, very, very carefully. It, it is a contradictory uh, notion, and may, that's on him for not being, like, proofreading and looking over it and being like... I, I think he read it perfectly. He probably just is not aware of his own self or how people perceive him. Perceive him in... Yeah. in, 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 in that's in, a better word. Yeah. Um, but, like I said, I mean, is is there just not a space for white people to speak on black issues? I think there's probably a space, but is it necessary? I don't think so. I mean, what has it really done? What has it done? Unless you're somebody that can actually make it, unless you're like the president of the United States or somebody that could actually sign something or a piece of paper to make. To but what I'm just saying is like, I mean, well, Lyndon B. Johnson I did mean, something. That, that's your term on civil rights. Right. So that's what I'm saying. Like, if you're going to speak on it, at least have the power to do something because like Dave said, why are you taking up space if you're not able to actually do some type of change like what do you really change i mean but i don't know are you talking just to talk i mean or make money i mean he's talking in a as a white person that has he's made a lot of money i mean yes he's made a lot of money but he's also a white person he's speaking to a black audience but he also speaks to white audiences but does white audience actually listen to him i mean if he's speaking in front of a white audience i would imagine they have ears they hear him whether they apply i don't think i don't think i don't i think that to white people to white people, I think that at, at 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 on the grander scale, I think that other whites who are advocates are just seen as outliers. It's like, oh, they're the risk takers. They're the they're the guys who decided to spend time to help the people who are less fortunate instead of just taking the status quo. I don't think that it's actually doing like a huge like shifting so numbers. Would you rather them not do it at all? Yeah. Really? So you'd rather have no White people speak out on I just want people issues. to do I just want to do what they're supposed to do as humans to the rest of the population so that and just leave us alone. Honestly, all all in all, like I, friendships and cohabitating in the same cities and that yeah, absolutely. But there are certain things I just wish that like, I wish that they would just leave us alone. So like, you think it serves, I think that there's no benefit for them. I think that oh, it serves no benefit for white people to speak out on issues that at, affect at black best, people. At best, I think that they are. You real, but for, you, for civilian. Listen, you, but you realize how dangerous that is. That because what you listen, in, in listen, listen, listen. Before you, before you, before you put me in the corner of what I'm not having even fully finished saying is that for yes, for for I I do appreciate it, but I, I'm saying that I don't think that it has added to like a great. And I still think, and it's and at least in a, I think it went up to fifty eight percent now. Is that white people, even at, at who was the smaller percentage, which is white women, will will essentially always like vote for themselves. So as much advocacy as you can have without actually creating a a, a, a physical sense of empathy, then you're not really you have not gone anywhere. There has there has been a progress in the individual self, but the the actual community has not been affected. But Dave, you can't say that the progress in the community hasn't been affected over the past fifty years. Well, I mean, yes, it isn't where we want it to be, but you can't say that it has that progress has not yeah. affected. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you. Years. I'm gonna tell you what progress looks like. What progress but, but, looks but, like? But, is, okay, but hold on, because here's what I want to say before. What you're saying is that any for 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 issues that do not affect somebody that's advocating for them. What you're saying is that straight people can't ad, shouldn't advocate on the rights of gay people. You're saying that non-immigrants shouldn't advocate on the fact uh, on. Ad- advocate on the rights of immigrants that's dangerous but you know like even in the in these other situations and it's not it's not necessarily as dangerous as you're portraying it to be because it's, uh, wait, I, wait stop the danger is, the only thing i say is the danger is in the progression because without those people speaking out there is zero progression okay i think that i don't think that that's true i think that there's progression if given once a unified community 
before like the civil rights community was at very minimally very minimally white like it wasn't like oh man but the black and white brothers together helped that shit go down no that shit was black people making an effort and an active effort collectively so what i'm saying is that the power of the community is already strong and guess it's cool to have allies from other places to, to show unity. It's cool, but at the end of the day, if you don't have the full center community of the of who are facing the actual issues, then all of that shit is just it's just banter. It's just it's, it, it, and what I'm and I mean, what I'm but, saying but, 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 and what I'm saying will show you what, what evolution, what progression looks like. Progression looks like um, liberal parents, right? Are are people experiencing things? Maybe marching. They having two kids who end up. Committing, uh, who, who end up spending their entire life occupying, occupying the black space. I think, though, real quick, just tie, just chiming in. Um, I think it is necessary for people of other races or other genders or backgrounds to speak on it. But the thing about it is, the people who are, I guess, um, who they're speaking to, that it doesn't affect personally. They can be digesting information, but until it affects their lives personally, it's something that just goes in and out the ear. You feel sad for it in the moment. It's like you see something that you might be scrolling on Instagram. We all know Africa's messed up, but ain't none of us in here being able to do nothing because we got our own situations to deal with. Therefore, same thing with white people. It's like, all right, all right, we hear the problem, but... Uh, I'm gonna go back to my life right after. I you know how they, absolutely, and the then it's not gonna really, you know, do anything. But until they can make the the experience tangible, the and personal I don't know, connections. If they, I don't know if y'all seen that thing on um, YouTube with that white lady who made that experience with like blue eyes and green eyes and she had the one of her students she basically was all about yeah, yeah. about She's, white folks she, she made teaches, she made it tangible she teaches she teaches kids she teaches white kids about prejudice and then she Dude. also did a thing like raise your hand if you want to yeah. be treated like brown she, people she in this a, school yeah. and then she's like I don't think you I don't think y'all understood me raise your hand and there's a whole sea of white people in the audience and no one raised their hand which means it's a participation factor which makes it more tangible which then can probably shed light on someone to actually maybe see something different, but it's really until it affects their lives. You know what I mean? Like being, it's like being in an elevator. You could be in an elevator with all different religions, and when the elevator gets trapped, now we got to work together. Now all of that shit is out the window because we're all in the same boat. So until situations are actually tangible to someone, it's good to speak on it, but it won't really do much talking about it. You know what I mean? It's like protesting. It's like, it's cool, but what are you going to do about yeah, so it? Yes, whites in a protest do nothing. It literally, their lives are in danger. They're not going, they may go to jail, but they're released and they're not dealt with in the system as vigorously, as rigorously as, as the black counterparts. A lot of times, like again, I, I I really appreciate the gesture, but at the same time, like white bodies are never I, at risk. And a lot of times, he's protesting these in these in these demonstrations. Black people are putting their lives at risk to speak for what they believe in. And yeah, you may may catch a ricochet, but for the most part, like our black body, you you're gonna go home, and my black body is still gonna be like in danger. So if I'm affected. The best thing to do is to make sure that at least the whole of my community is aware of this affectation and that we are colliding together. I and think it's, sure that it's that more important while while I uh, I am on the same page with Ken when he says, you know, it is important for all people to speak out against issues they care about. I do think it's more important if you want to talk about like uh, black rights and black issues and white people. I think it's more important for white people to be um, open to listen to black people about what's actually going on because there's no way to really tell what's going on with a community and what's wrong unless you're in it. 
you really can't you don't know what it's like to be black unless you're black. Like you can't say, "Oh, I understand what it's like to be a black person to get pulled over by the cops." If you're not a get, if you're not a black person at risk of that situation well, happening, seeing somebody get pulled over in a car, one of your black friends, you still don't understand what. But it I'm is. saying, but like you get that firsthand experience, right? If you're if you're a passenger in the car and you see what goes on in the driver's seat and it's an experience you've never seen before, right? And have a fear and, and a, a, like a, a pain and in most your heart times that won't that happen because if you're riding with a white person, most likely you're not going to get treated the same way you would if you were. Riding with three black dudes, right. period. So I think it's more important for um, for white people to be allies in the sense of helping, um, you know, black people get heard, get the black people in the room to talk for themselves, get the black people to talk to the decision makers because it's an easier door to be opened. Um, but in terms of talking on black issues. I guess it doesn't. Re- you're not black, so it's hard to talk on black issues when you don't know what it the is. Credibility just isn't. It's important. not even. Yeah, it's like it's not even about credit because you get I mean, credibility, credibility by experience, <laughs> right? But it's impossible to get credibility. Exactly. So <laughs> it's like you you can't practice it or or you know teach it. Yeah. Uh, but when it comes to Sam, I just I guess. You know, his heart is in the right place. I do believe that. Right. I do believe he I'd does I'd love care. to have him back on the show, to be honest with you. Because, I mean, I know he's been through some experiences. And, I mean, I definitely have no problem breaking down and asking him hard questions to his face and seeing his response and his answer. I, I mean, I, I'm I'm cool with the guy. I see, I've seen him out. I don't really, like, go out to stuff like that. But right. when I'm in stuff that's, like, HBCU-centered spaces or whatever, I do see blood. And, I mean, you know, it's cool. I, I just, what happens is, is that, like, He's become because he has to defend himself a lot. He's a he's kind of like a master spinster a little bit, and so a lot of times, even we were asking questions, we weren't getting like real answers. That's we were true. getting like rehearsed, you know, rhetoric. And I, I mean, like, I'm kind of good. I get it. That. Or I get you just it. might not want to hear what he's you, just, he you just want. You're he, not going to hear what you want to hear. It, it's like he's he's um he's taking he's making sure that his platform is always like kind of represented. Right. So, you know, I and he's yeah. he's gonna be the key at holding that down. So. I mean, I get it. I get it. Yeah. Um, so, I, mm. so anyway, you think Trump, it's about is, to is be Trump the end of the wait. year, bro? Is Trump gonna be in office when oh, we get God. back? Yes. He's not going anywhere. He's not going anywhere. Let's talk about something that's actually positive. And I mean, good, but like, Dave. I mean, it is positive. Like these these motherfuckers are going down. You know right? they're not. You yeah, know it's I gonna mean, take time. They are. It's like the, it's Flynn, the, the flies are falling off the yeah, shit, but it, the shit Flynn, will always be there. Is Flynn? Is Flynn getting time? Is yeah, he have to do a bit. The judge basically was like, "Nah, I'm postponing it because uh, y'all you still got some more y'all talking about he got a he got a walk." Like, nah, I don't think that that's the recommendation of the state. No, it's I mean it's it, it it's not going to turn out how we want it to. I'll and he making that, that chopper saying so he's you know, not going to get not, it's not going to be gonna it's not going to be as satisfying the, the walk through the you know the 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 walls and, and people shouting shame at him and yeah, he's nah. just walking down strip naked. It's like, not. It's not just one day he's just not going to be he's just not going to be president no more. It's going to be like oh, it might be on his like second to last week of being in office where they say alright your your time is cut short or right. something I think it'll happen this year no I don't, I don't think so I, think I don't think year. it will I don't mean like 2019 I mean like, I mean like 2019 I don't think it will so I don't think honest. so there's not and there's gonna be a whole lot of court proceedings of the, the, the way that it uh uh Indictments work and for a sitting. It's gonna take a long time. Not even it's gonna, it's gonna take uh, uh, spines and backbones, and there's not enough of that in Congress to get it done. To be honest, yeah, that's a lot. Um, but yeah, it's, it's the end of the year. It's our last episode. And I mean, you guys have any well wishes that you want to send out before we sign off for 2018? I have a simple one. Go ahead, I'm listening. You you own your own destiny. Talk mm. about it. You could literally do any single thing you want to do in this life. It's all up to you. 
you just got to surround yourself around the, I think the most important thing is surrounding yourself around the right energy. And I mean that in every sense of the word, in your own mind, the people you surround yourself with, the situations you put yourself in, the type of uh, entertainment you allow yourself to, to spend time on, like everything you want d- depends on how you spend your 24 hours in every single day. So with that said, I hope everybody has a lot of big plans for 2019 for themselves because I feel like 2018 was a year of planting and 2019 is going to be a huge year of, of, of harvest. Um, so like, you know, continue to to dream bigger than than your circumstance. And um, yeah, I hope everybody has a great, great holiday season with their family and spend it with the people that actually love you and the people that you love. Because honestly, like I was in Art Basel a week ago and I saw a lot of people that were surrounded by people that I knew did not love them. And I'm like, damn, son, that's sad to be uh, so successful on the surface, but you don't really, I could tell you don't have people around you that really, really ride for you if you're a, a taxi driver. That's uh, that's terrible. Um, so yeah, I think my biggest takeaway from 2018 is surround yourself around the right people and the right energy. Awesome. I mean, it, it's funny that Nick wasn't even here for what we talked about. Um, but I mean, we, we pretty much said that and as to, for my plans for 2019 is to kind of protect my energy and, and, and you know, use it as a vessel to support, you know, everybody that the people that uh, support us and support me and give the same energy and reciprocate the same energy that we put back and you know that you know, the toxic stuff you know push that to the side because that's really uh that that genuine energy is really is what helps you build and uh what keeps you strong and sane and mentally as a person um keep your work work ethic about you and um uh, deliver on your word because at the end of the day that's all you have um go ahead Dave. i'm gonna just uh i'm gonna end the year how i started it which was um manifestation and mindfulness um you know it takes a lot of both to get to where you need to go they both go in hand you can't have one without the other so yeah take that into your um and i don't like to say just for the year because i feel like people think that it stops after that year is over but next year represents the future so Mm -hmm. for me and beyond carry everything like (laughs) like roll over mittens every year though keep it going yeah, definitely. Chuck, if you want to get on the mic, it's up to you, bro. You good? Um, <laughs> Chuck's good. Uh, I want to thank everybody in this room uh, for everything that they've put into this year. Um, Ty, Chuck, um, definitely more kudos to y'all. Um, y'all make y'all the backbone of the show. Y'all make it run. Y'all uh, provide the content. And, um, you know, I would, wouldn't be able to do this uh, without either of you um, being in the room every week. Go ahead. I do want to say for... 2019 for me and i just challenge y'all to do is like execution that's like the main thing for 2019 for me it's like no matter what you're doing whether it's like career path financial whatever just make sure you're like you're giving your 100 percent as far as the execution take that here for it um dave nick i appreciate all the time and effort that you know you, you put in on the mic and you know, the conversations we have off the mic to make what's on the mic sound the way it does and uh, the quality that, um, you know, comes through uh, every week that we record and we're going to keep building and uh, next year will be fun. Next year will definitely be fun. We plan to see you this year and it's all about growth next year. Um, thank you for joining in. Uh, everybody that's been listening on the mic. Uh, my name's Ken. 
I'm Nick. And I'm Dave. And you listen to the last gold. Feliz Navidad. Feliz Navidad.